0: especially if it's going to get people into a place that supports them connecting to God. And I say this sometimes, you know, especially after I I speak on the air, like if this leads you to a time of prayer, please turn the volume down. We'll be here when you come back.
1: All right. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Uh, We are... Uh, surpassed now 150 episodes, hard to believe, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us here and, and listening on a regular basis. We try to put out you know content every week talking about fitness and faith. In fact, last Friday, I had a kind of a short one-off episode talking about uh, my Dancing Stars experience and kind of overcoming doubt and fear with the help of preparation and prayer and, and how uh, things are never as bad as you build them up to be. So uh, today, uh, we are talking with a fellow member of the media here in the Columbus, Georgia area, just south of Atlanta. And uh, he uh, has worked for 15 years as a general manager of a local radio station that is focused on uh, spreading the gospel and talking about, you know, having Christian music. And, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've worked in television news for the last— 25 years I think I'm dating myself now I'm getting a little older but um, I uh, when I was in high school I did have this dream of doing you know sports or news or broadcasting and uh, one of my first jobs on air was in radio. I was in Hendersonville, North Carolina near Asheville, and I worked for a little AM station, WHKP, where the hills kiss the peaks, was actually, so I still remember it to this day, and um, it was a a great experience. It was an interesting uh, time slot, as often you get in radio. I was 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, I think Saturdays to Sundays, and I had like like the Jimbo Hannon show. I used to have to repeat, and then we played a little gospel music, and I gave a little bit of news and weather, and and uh, try not to fall asleep. But uh, that was uh, my introduction to broadcast uh, journalism and radio and TV. So I can, uh, I guess, thank radio for kind of uh, keeping me in this business. But uh, our guest for today is Brian Haidt, who is the general manager at 107.7 The Truth. He's been doing that since May of 2008. So if you can do the math, uh, about to come up on uh, 15 years, he's been doing that. And I uh, still looks just as young uh, now as he, did, as he did back then. Uh, again, we're here in Columbus, Georgia, which is just right on the line with Alabama. The Truth is a contemporary Christian radio station, again in West Georgia, and a potential audience around 300,000 people in Georgia and Alabama, very similar audience that we have here at WTVM. He does finances, fundraising, uh, does a lot of stuff on air on a regular basis, technical support. Um, right before that, and kind of overlapping, he was the executive director of Bethesda House of Columbus, doing a lot of you know fundraising for them, for that nonprofit ministry. But before that, he was in the private sector as the director of training and documentation division at Thesis, Total Systems, and uh, I think it's now called Global Payments. He was there from 1994 to 2005, so more than a decade, leading a, A team of about 120 people. He's been married uh, to his wife Ruthie for 32 years, and uh, they have a a daughter and also have a grandson, Asa. So I'm sure that's one of his favorite jobs uh, of all time. And uh, his education, he went to Georgia College and State University uh, in the early 90s, and then uh, in the in the 80s he went to Auburn University. I'm not sure. Do you say War Eagle?
0: I do,
1: yeah. <laughs> War Eagle, um, and we're going to talk about you know um, his uh, diving into different uh, things of fitness, where in basketball and and tennis, uh, he, he's a writer himself as well, and uh, has some uh, uh, some life verses we're going to talk about along with uh, you know the upcoming 15th anniversary of the Truth Radio, and talk about how you know Christian music has been changing a lot over the course of the last decade as well. So again, uh, thank you so much, uh, Brian, for uh, being here with us today.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It's obvious you could do my job. I can never do yours.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Well, first of all, you know, well, I, you know, it was great. You and I got to interact on stage just last week at this event called Revival on the River. It's a seventh annual event, and uh, it is... a. Uh, uh, right here at Phoenix City, Alabama, Columbus, Georgia, right on the Chattahoochee River where we had about 3,000 people show up. And it was a, just a night of unity for churches all across the nation. And and uh, it's great that like with our two jobs and media and uh, being Christians too, we get the opportunity to be a part of events like that, right?
0: Well, it, it is an honor. And, you know, we have a different perspective. Well, we I do. You you were emceeing the whole night, but I get a chance after I'm on stage to go sit in the audience, and so I have both, you know, views. But there's really something unique about standing on that stage and seeing three thousand people just with a heart of worship, lifting their hands in prayer, lifting their voices dancing a little bit you know i I just uh i wish we could do it every friday night you know (laughs) that'd
1: be nice (laughs) if if chick-fil-a could sponsor it like every exactly yeah (laughs) bring all the chicken sandwiches i wanted to start brian with um you know uh, sharing our faith and evangelism and it seems like that's something we both get the opportunity to do but that's you it's like a a full-time job you get to do that through broadcasting and, and through the arts now you, you are a general manager of a business, so the, the idea is you want to, you know, keep making money and keep being able to stay in business as you have for 15 years. But what's, uh, what's it like, or how do you mix that evangelism and broadcasting, because sometimes they don't mix?
0: Yeah, well, I think the fortunate side of that is that we're a, a nonprofit and we have, it's not the advertisers that keep us in business, it's the donors. Um, but it's also awesome to have advertisers to be on the commercial end of the spectrum because it allows local businesses to spotlight what they do, and if they are of faith, to connect themselves with something that is, uh, you know, it's kind of unique in Columbus, a contemporary Christian radio station, and so, uh, you know, it's not that hard a balance, you know, not as much as as it might be for a, a different business on the street, but one of the things that I do is I try not to focus on both at the same time, and so when I'm on the radio and I'm doing, uh, playing Christian music and I'm doing the the breaks that uh, where we share Scripture of the day and prayer and things like that, I try to keep my mind off of you know the finance stuff. And then there's a time of day when I'm not on the air and I move to a different desk and it kind of put on a different hat, and uh, so it's uh, it's fairly intentional, I guess, but you know, always prayer that God blesses all of it. That's the the key thing, you know. We want Him in the middle of everything. And that's, uh, I, I don't know how you can run a business or live a life without it at this point, so. Uh, that's what we try to do anyway.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, You are, um, you're on the radio, I think, every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m., and then you're on some nights as well. So, you know, are you mostly, you know, um, kind of, you know, as they used to say back in the day, spinning records, but now it's all digitized, and and you're playing different uh, contemporary Christian music. But are you able to kind of share about, you know, your life, your faith walk, share Bible verses and prayers and that kind of thing. What, what kind of things are filling that time?
0: Yeah, well, at top, the top of the hour, we try to focus on whatever our scripture is of the day. And so in the course of my three hour time, I have four chances to talk about our scripture of the day. And I try to take a little bit different angle each time, you know, to add something to the previous hour, so we're not saying the same thing over and over. And then when Nancy comes in, she kind of picks up on the same thing, but gives her point of view. And we try not—we're not trying to be preachers. We're trying to talk about um, life application. And you know, there's certainly times when there's scripture that we don't fully understand. And we talk about the things that we don't understand about it or where it might challenge us and that sort of thing. And then the middle parts of the hours really are dedicated to sharing local events about other organizations. I mean, it really is one of the reasons that we exist. We're local. We want to help local organizations. We want to help churches have great events. Uh, You know, it's really important that people get fed outside of Sunday. So, uh, you know, we push that. Our number... Is roughly forty-five thousand free mentions of local events in the last fifteen years. Wow! So we do that wholeheartedly, and uh, it—I think I think people appreciate that about us. Uh, it's something that you can't get from, you know, a network type uh, situation where if you're tuning in somewhere else, or if you're listening to, uh, you know, um, satellite radio or something like that. You know, yeah. it's something that you're like, I know that church. And I have that date open, and I can swing by there. And, uh, and it's not always just events; it could be someone else doing something really positive, like a, like y'all do with the canned food drives or the stuffed animal drives. You know, um, the last one was a diaper drive, which I thought was really unique. You yeah, know, yeah. but to be able to point people towards something like that, yeah. you know, I think that's important. Getting uh
1: plugged in and opportunities to serve your community, serve other people and, and that that's you kind know, of being the hands and feet of of Jesus. And uh do you um you know, over the last fifteen years of, of being GM and being on the air with the truth one oh seven point seven, Have you found, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stories you've heard from people of listeners, but do you feel like, you know, radio is, can be a very effective tool to reach people and maybe that whether they're believers and just to kind of confirm things and to help them understand things about the Bible, or also maybe to reach people that are not saved?
0: Right. Well, you know, uh, we get testimonies from time to time. We always get them at the wrong time. We'd love to have a microphone and say, yeah, yeah, thank you for saying that, we'll share that. But it always seems to come in the grocery store or you know, somebody sends a text or something like that. But um, yeah, both of those really, Jason, but probably more the first thing that you mentioned, a couple of people actually in the last couple of weeks have, have talked about the truth being their community in a time when they had lost community. So someone lost a job, or someone left a church, or uh, another young man talked about getting uh, kicked out of school, and really coming face to face with his actions, and found the truth. And so, as he began to read the Bible, he turned the truth on. And so he had uh, our encouragement, but also the music that we play. This is also encouraging. And so he had something to to consume that was healthy and whole for him. And that's really our desire for anybody at any age is that give them something that is like meat you know it has a good substance in it you know so I, I think that um, I have had a, a few people over the years talk about evangelizing or being evangelized to through the radio and every now and then we do go back to point zero as a matter of fact this is just this week we've been talking about in first Corinthians where Paul talks about the things I brought to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, and how um, you know, you're know you focusing on the wrong things. Come back to the thing that you took your stand on. And so uh, God gave me this word a long time ago, and uh, I hope it's okay to share. Sure, it, absolutely. Um, is that we tend to talk about Scripture um, as milk or meat. You know, and both are referenced, right? But the Lord said, "You need both. You need a balanced meal, right? Because there are times when you're ready to pour into a book like Revelation or James, you know, where it's like he's reading your mail. You know, he's just really on point about the uh, Christian life. But then there's another time when you just need to know that Jesus loved you and loved you so much that he died for you on the cross." And so rather than trying to delineate whether you're a new Christian or an established Christian, how about just saying we're Christians and we all need all of it, you know? So. Yeah
1: kind of get the, like you said, the meat and potatoes. And, and sometimes, you know, we have different seasons in our life and it it could be a different seasons in within a certain week or a certain year or something like that. And, you know, uh, with the, the changing times, you know, um, music is a lot of what you guys do as well. And, you know, some people love their hymnals and their old school stuff. Um, and I remember growing up, Contemporary Christian music was kind of a new thing in the 80s. I mean, you you know, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith and all that kind of stuff who they're still around. Right. But now it seems to be more, you know, CCM, contemporary Christian music. And it sounds a little more mainstream, uh, maybe a little less, quote, I'm using air quotes here, cheesy. Um, And, you know, there's like it's kind of like a mix of like rock and roll and pop. Um, so have you seen that, And over the, even over the course of 15 years, the change of oh, yeah. music?
0: Yeah, well, really, uh, I think I mentioned to you, I came to Christ late in life, so I didn't grow up on Amy Grant or anything like that. Uh, probably not too much younger than Amy Grant, but, <laughs> um, but one of the things that I noticed when I first started listening to Christian music was it sounded really thin, and you, maybe that cheesiness, and you've seen technology do this too, Um, It sounded like it was recorded in a tin can somewhere and now today they're in literally recording in the old studios that where all all the Nashville recordings were. So what used to be a really country town is now a country and Christian town in Nashville and so um, they're using great equipment, they're using some of the same talented producers and even writers and that sort of thing and so it has changed. What I try to do because we're independent is Pick music that has elements of both. So you might hear an old hymn. As a matter of fact, you will definitely hear some old hymns, but they're done by more modern artists, or maybe a little bit different melody. You know where they take on something that's that's old and make it new,
1: like a, how how great thou art. Exactly, like that. Yeah.
0: exactly. And um, uh, so you're going to hear both, and you're also because we're independent, you're also going to hear plenty of praise and worship music as well which is something that a network station doesn't really do, you know. They're programming for the entire country where there's 20 different outlets, you know. But I'm, I'm programming for right here in the valley, Chattahoochee Valley. And it's fortunate if people are listening to it outside of there because they can through the app and uh, the Internet. But really, you know, I get feedback, instant feedback, like text while the song is on. I love this song who is this you know that kind of thing and so that's kind of neat and having the flexibility to have a, a large jukebox so to speak to be able to pull songs from is a it's counter to what most radio stations do
1: yeah well it's very similar i mean uh you're, you're telling stories through the music and through the lyrics and you can maybe string several songs together that tell tell a story during that hour perhaps
0: exactly Something to like to, to get on a theme And kind of ride it for a little bit, especially if it's going to get people into a place that supports them connecting to God. And I say this sometimes, you know, especially after I I speak on the air, like if this leads you to a time of prayer, please turn the volume down. We'll be here when you come back. But if you need to talk to God, go do that, that that's really our desire is that you would draw, draw nearer to him. Uh, or not just talk to him but listen to him as well. I think that's <laughs> gets overlooked sometimes.
1: And like you said, you never know, you know, who is out there listening, whether it be in their car or at home or while they're doing errands or running or whatever and what kind of impact that can have on somebody's life. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it like power, but you have a lot of influence with what you do in terms of maybe people's faith walk.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's gonna do that. If you stay in the Word, if you stay in the truth, the Holy Spirit will help people apply it to their circumstances. You don't have to literally know everybody's situation and, and come at them from every angle. But if you just let the Word do its work, you know, He says His Word won't return void. And that's been the case, and not just for the radio, but for me personally. And obviously for you, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, the it's not too subtle but you know the run the race the yeah. podcast the name of it is that a scripture that has just resonated with you even before you became the marathon runner, at, you know? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, yeah, people sometimes hear the name run the race. They think it's about running. And, and we do talk about that here and there, but it's really, like you said, uh, it's it's on that verse in Hebrews where it talks about running the race of perseverance, finishing strong. And, and the finish line is is Jesus. And that's really, you're, you're kind of, and so, uh, you know, that's, that's really where the name is based and it's running the race of life. You know, there's so many things. And so we're here for a short time. We could be here for, for 60 years, for 90 years, or whatever it is, and, I mean, that's like a blink of an eye. It can, it can happen. Um, and then the name of your um, radio station, The Truth, where did that, I mean, it seems simple enough, <laughs> yeah. but uh, how, what's the uh, origin origination of, of that name?
0: Well, that was a, it came out of the blue. Um, someone mentioned, I'll, I'll mention her name, Kent Butler, I don't know if you know Kent, but uh, she heard that there was going to be a Christian radio station and she said oh and you can call it the truth and It just stuck, you know, like immediately people started thinking of logos (laughs) and stuff like that So I don't even know if if Kent knows that if she remembers that anyway (laughs) But uh, she's on our board and uh, all of our board members have been with us since the very beginning Wow And so that's that's pretty sweet. And so yeah, it but originally our our signal was WBOJ which stood for blood of Jesus. Wow. Uh, it was somebody else had actually reserved that, and so when we bought that first station, that was the name WBOJ. Now, we're in a different frequency now than we were then, but uh, it, that was kind of neat too.
1: You guys were lower on the dial, very, the very... That's right. And then were you AM or... We
0: were at AM, 88.5. Right. and. Um, the, the ministry we were born out of, Bethsaida House, and, and don't worry, you said Bethesda, but oh. actually it was both. It, it, it's referred to as either. So it's like the pool, right? Yeah. And um, so it's a place of outpouring. And it was a wholeness and deliverance ministry. And I got steeped in that. I got trained in it. Uh, just fell in love with that kind of ministry to see the gifts of the Spirit operating and um, they just came in and said in addition to this would you like to run a radio station <laughs> and it was literally that's really literally how it happened because i never would have thought you know i needed to be in radio but um that's how it all started wow yeah
1: did you uh like back then did you think okay 15 years later we're still going to be uh <laughs> playing music and talking on the radio
0: i really didn't i really didn't i give a credit to my friend nancy who's also on the air and her husband kim they had the idea that that christian radio needed to be in columbus georgia and i w- certainly would have agreed with them but i never would have thought i'm, I'm supposed to be the one doing it but um, as you, you might remember, I'm sure you will remember, one of our earliest DJs was Heath Jackson, and so the way it worked in the beginning was Heath would do the morning show, and I would do Beseda House for most of the day, and then I would come on in the afternoons and evenings, and do the radio part, and then uh, sadly Heath lost his life to violent crime, and uh, I had to let go of the prayer ministry for a while, and it was probably necessary, at least for a little while, as just as I grieved and tried to figure out what are we going to do without Heath. But um and, you know.
1: I, and I know the, the studio is named for him. That's right.
0: We call it the Heath Jackson Studio.
1: Yeah. So what, I mean, what was that like in terms of, okay, so you've launched this and doing radio and you got this young, talented guy on there and then all of a sudden tragedy strikes and it does, does that shake you and others obviously to their core, I guess?
0: Yeah, it really took my feet out from under me. Um, Heath was, had become like a son to me and I was that that much older. He reminded me of that. <laughs> you know you're old enough to be my father, I said, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it, in the very beginning, it was important for me to keep the station going, to keep doing what Heath was doing, because his heart was so much in it. I mean, I don't get a chance to say this much, so I'll take this time. Um, Heath tithed to the truth as if it were his church. And um, he would go cash his meager check, and don't be surprised. Christian radio isn't the place to make a whole bunch of money. Um, and he would he would put ten percent away into a drawer in his grandmother's house. And every now and then he would just come in with a, a bunch of, you know, fives or tens together to give to us. I mean, he really sewed into it so hard. And uh, to be with him, he was just a larger than life personality anyway. But I mean, we have our guitars there at the station, and he would play new songs or worship songs that he was working on. And of course, he had started Imminent Worship. Um, He was killed the day of the first Imminent Worship. Wow! Uh, So, you know, I still miss him. You know, I do feel like what we've done over the last fifteen years is um, a progression. But it started with that seed of that passion that he showed. And, uh, you know, we miss him all the time. We love his family. We still get to see his mom, his sister, and brother, and um, their family's all grown.
1: Yeah, but what a legacy that, that the truth is still going strong in yeah. and, and radio. And, and, uh, did, it's a now, praise, yeah. Do you have, uh, like, did you have, in uh, being younger, was broadcasting even on your radar or doing radio was that something that you because i know you were in a thesis and you know business and helping you know, run a team but um that seems like a, a whole different world than uh doing christian radio
0: yeah well it it is i will say i grew up on radio i grew up before cable tv really <laughs> there were three channels and they were all you know antenna based but um I listened to radio all the time. And back then, radio was a real mixture, you know, um, of all different styles. It, it, right now, it's very segmented. And I guess that has its place, and I guess that's how you get advertisers and that sort of thing. But back then, uh, I just grew up on it and always loved music. My parents loved music. Um, so it's not such a, a far fetched thing in terms of desire or passion or, uh, you know, I. I just still still love it to this day, but uh, I would say that the thing that kind of made it make sense was that when I was at Thesis I started a video department in the training area and hired someone in. His name's Mike Allen. He's still there. I'm very proud of him for sticking it out. And we began to film training videos, and then the request. Started happening for marketing videos, you know, and so then you needed a voice, then you needed a script, and I was a writer first and foremost. But then the thing that he finally talked me into was uh, voicing. We did the uh, the Person of the Year, the Survivor of the Year for the American Cancer Society for about ten years, and I would uh, script an interview. And one time, the person that was going to do the voiceover didn't show. And so I did it, and he said, well, you just need to do these. And so uh, I was very insecure about that, but he tr- you know, he said, trust me, and I did. And So I don't, I don't hear it. I don't hear a real talent, but if it helps people, if it's a calming voice, that's great. But um, it helped me to step away from the shyness or the self-consciousness uh, of that. And you, know, you mentioned that earlier. You had to get, get past that at first, hearing your own voice. Nobody really likes to hear their own voice.
1: Yeah, and well, I mean, it's amazing, you know, God used those moments and those videos for a business to kind of like, you know, turn your, maybe, you know, the way where he wanted you to go. Interesting how you would have never thought to no. do that.
0: and know? The so- all the software, all the skills associated with editing and capturing and the quality of audio and the things that I know that you deal with and your your engineers here. Make it their whole life, you know. Yeah. Um, so learning those things, it made me feel like I could do it, yeah. but I didn't intend to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's been good. It's it's 15 years. It's nothing to sneeze at, you know. I keep uh, reminding myself of that, and uh, you know, there are no sacred cows. So who knows um, if everything changed tomorrow and there was no radio, I still could do other things. But it's been a beautiful experience because it just hasn't um, been—well, it's been a supernatural experience. It has not been natural or human-led. It's really been given over to God at every moment and He saved us with a few donors over the course of the years, from very lean years (laughs) in the beginning. And uh, I mean, we're still fairly like a shoestring budget and there's not a lot of people there, but now it's by choice. because. Um, you know, we just don't want to overcomplicate things.
1: Yeah. And in just a couple of weeks, uh, you guys will have a special celebration to, uh, to mark the 15th anniversary, a night of worship for the truth. That'll be May 5th at 6.30 p.m. at Christ Community Church off of Milgen Road to Columbus, free for people to come out and and celebrate you guys. And so, I mean, like you said, I mean, what does that mean to you to be able to kind of, you know, I mean, celebrate what the truth has done, but also celebrate your viewers, people or listeners, people that have, like you said, there's some people that have been there since the beginning. Some people maybe are brand new and say, oh, listen, there's a, or some people maybe have just moved here and they kind of are just kind of moving the dial up and see, you know, at the top 1077
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I think it's, um, well, first off, it's humbling because you just know, and I'm sure you feel this way about your career too, it's been guided, you know, you couldn't have done it all on your own. You've shown up, you've been obedient, and God has allowed you to continue doing it, you know, and that's that's where we are for Nancy and for Barbara and myself and and those others who work there over time. You know, um, like I mentioned, you don't do it. It's not for the money, um, but once you kind of get it in your blood, it's like it's it's literally an invitation to spend time with God. And so that's what we want to do for our listeners too. We said uh, there's a little ad that started today and an invitation for people to come. That uh, at five years we celebrated with Jonathan and Lisa. It sold out live. At ten years we had a concert with Alan Levi, which was amazing. Fifteen years, we want to hear from the people we we love the most, and that's you. So we want to hear your voices as we sing out together to celebrate God, you know, and um, celebrate what He's done. It won't be really about the truth that night. It will be about Him. And then at the end, we'll do some fun things like some giveaways and, you know, just fun as we send folks out, you know, we'll do it that way. We're not going to do it up front. We're not going to turn it into a radio night. It's just just purely come and... Celebrate what God's done, you know.
1: And when people listen to the truth on the radio, and and you know they hear you, you sound just like this on the radio, you know, authentic, very, you know, um, uh, just yourself. And uh, and we were talking earlier off mic about how sometimes you know on radio it can be over the top, and it can be like you know, hey, welcome in to the truth, one hundred seven point seven. Thanks for listening. So it's very like you know, kind of uh, that character. But for you. You know, why is it important to to be Brian Hyde on the radio and just share your heart and, and talk about oh, this song coming up kind of thing?
0: Yeah, well I guess that never occurred to me to do the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had watched other people do it, and some people can do it incredible. I mean, Al Haynes, do you know Al? Yeah. Um, what an incredibly booming voice yeah. he's got in the presence. But it just never came out that way for me and I'm just better at being who I am. There have been plenty of years and attempts to be somebody else, <laughs> and they all just crash and burn, man. I, mean, I just, <laughs> I, I do best just being me, and, and it's completely flawed, and uh, it's not a true radio voice as people know it. But I just hope I'm doing what God wants me to do. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, one last thing on this is, like we talked about moving from the private sector, you know, a stable job for a decade with thesis and then kind of, you know, going into a nonprofit and then eventually to Christian Radio. Was that a, a scary leap or was that something that you felt like, you know, okay, um, it's, it's time to... make this move and and no longer have maybe that that paycheck I used to have
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was scary yeah I think it scared my dad more than it scared me but um, also had just the support of my wife and I knew I was gonna be able to spend more time with my daughter but here's the thing about a year before I resigned I had really gone into some deep prayer and uh, the Lord was saying to me, you know, we always expect him to say, go here, go here. He was saying to me, you can do either. I've given you the personal resources. I'm not talking about money now. I'm talking about just um, interests, um, things that you pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, I've given you those resources to do something else, but it's your choice. And that was a really interesting thing because I had really prayed that, um, you know, God would make up his mind for me you know <laughs> just just give
1: me a neon sign yeah, yeah yeah
0: but the the thing that i think happened i was already doing some ministry i was i was you know teaching and um i had it was a year long process of getting ready to pray with people the way that Bethesda house did because it's something you have to be really careful with and be attuned to the holy spirit and uh when i left thesis i left in june and I didn't intend to work for the rest of the year. I was going to spend that time really reconnecting with my wife, my daughter who was nine at the time, and just maybe traveling a little bit. Something that I, everything gets put on the back burner. TCS is an amazing company, but most people will tell you sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose. It was so busy, and those were years that it was just exploding, you know. Um, but you know, less than. Two weeks later they called me and said, you know, you've been training for this, why don't you come be the Executive Director of Bethsaida House and I said, well, I'll talk about it and we prayed about it and didn't really know how that would go or what but, you know, God blessed that time and then when that time was over we knew that we had taught enough people to practice the ministry and so you didn't have to keep it alive as a separate thing. Uh, we still practice it. My wife and I do, and, and Nancy and Barbara, who work at the station, all trained. I mean, we were all have been together that long, and they're are spouses as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so we we can do that at the drop of a hat. It just happens to be that we are. In the radio business now, you know.
1: <laughs> and sometimes, you know, like God will close a door so He can open one for you. Sometimes, if you, have all your, you know, if you're, if you're too busy, then you don't have time, or God, you know, maybe can't use you where He wants to use you, and so sometimes things have to be closed. And also, I encourage people all the time, like whatever job you are, you know, teacher, you know, uh, TV reporter, uh, you know, lawyer trash man whatever it is you can do ministry in that job in fact even pastors often say that like people that are in the private sector and in the world you can have more influence than I can because i'm you know preaching to people who who already know most most of them you know 80% and you know and so I, i've had one pastor call it marketplace ministers you know you are great. you are able to really your influence in your circle right
0: yeah and you know i hope I hope that that was the case for me. I, I like to believe that it is. I know that it was my intention. You know, you can never really control the outcome of it. You just sow seed and allow God um, to work there. Um, But also received good ministry and I and received some mentorship uh, during that time. And you know, when I came time to leave, I felt comfortable doing it, and I knew that. If I left, he just wouldn't fold, and it hasn't, <laughs> you know. So um, I, I just try to take the positive from that time, and, um, you know, I miss it sometimes. I miss the people. Now, a lot of them aren't there anymore. It's 18 years ago that I left, but uh, it was really a family atmosphere at that time, and uh, one of the things that happened while I was there is that, you know, I'd have to address a whole division of people, and I would try to... Give them something encouraging and, and also something fun. I, I like to have fun, you know, have a sense of humor about things. Um, but when the radio opportunity came available, it really became like an oppor- an opportunity to have a broader audience to say the same type things to someone going to work. You know, do it with excellence. Prepare where you can. You mentioned preparation in your introduction. Um, you know. Uh, I got some great advice a long time ago that that a lot of anxiety is just connected to lack of preparation, and uh, it has really helped me over time. We still have, we still have to wing it, right? <laughs> There's plenty of winging it going on. Yeah. But um, you know, I really think it helps me to to visualize somebody driving to work in the morning to be able to know what to say to them, or dropping the kids off at school to be able to speak to the school kids and to be able to pray over the hallways, not just the students, but like literally the place where they're going. and
1: Yeah. And and hard work and experience, you know, can go a long way. It's like if I went to go run a marathon and I hadn't run any, then it's probably not going to turn out too well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I tried to wing that. Um, well, and, we would
0: love the accolade. That's right. Of, of having said, you know being able to say we've run the race, yes, but. The the prep work has got to be the hardest part. Yeah, it's the journey
1: is always the, the hardest. And, uh, you know, speaking of sports, I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about that because some people may not know this about you. Both of us actually grew up a little bit in North Carolina. I, I lived in the mountains near Asheville, and you were born in Charlotte. And uh, both of us are big UNC basketball fans. Go, yep. tar, go tar Heels. Yeah. And, you know, back in even growing up, you know, Dean Smith was the longtime coach yes. and won national championships, then Roy Williams. And so you uh, dreamed of playing college basketball. How, how close were you to that dream?
0: Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, Far from it? Probably about as close as I am right now. <laughs> no, but I, I really I, I loved sports. Whatever sport was in season. I had two older brothers and they were both just great athletes. And so I really either had to try to be one myself or go some completely different direction. But fortunately, when you play your older brothers, you get better faster and, and that sort of thing. And I really got serious about basketball when I moved from Florence, Alabama, which is where I spent most of my time growing up, to Jackson, Mississippi, or Brandon, Mississippi, just outside of Jackson. And I would literally do nothing but shoot basketball through the two three hour top 40 programs that would play on the radio. So I'd turn the radio on in the garage, shoot baskets, and I just you know, literally fell in love deeply in love with the sport, and um got to be pretty decent um, and one of my biggest regrets, Jason, is that uh, in high school i I quit the team mm. i uh um I went to work, I got a job, and I had to be at, at my job after work after school, and so I couldn't practice. And the coach was very honest, he said, you know, I'd love to have you, I mean, but you can't do this. I can't, you know, I, the team needs you to be here to practice. And I completely understood, but also it, it was the money that would help me, you know, put gas in a car to get to and from school or go on dates and that sort of thing. And, uh, going back, I wish I would I had thought differently or at least negotiated a little bit <laughs> um,
1: but you never know I mean what one decision leads to another and you know God yeah. uses that so
0: well it also got me into tennis and uh, tennis was the one sport that actually practiced during school and so the it was the last period of school and so I could get in some practice and still work and it became my newest love right it was kind of a combination of of baseball you know that overhead motion like a serve, and the lateral movement like basketball. And I was probably a, a more decent tennis player than basketball player, but you know how it is. If you love sports, you dream of of that. Yeah. And I was like, when you talk about UNC in the early '80s, you know James Worthy, Sam Perkins, Michael Jordan, Jimmy Black was the point guard. I remember Jimmy and Matt Doherty. I mean, what a starting five. You know, one, really, truly, talent-wise, one of the best starting five ever.
1: And then a decade later, Hubert Davis, the yeah. current coach, was on the team. And and lots of, I mean, the, it's one of the top. Programs and all of college sports, uh, for sure. And in fact, my wife and I just over the weekend. If you get a chance to watch it, it'll bring back a lot of memories. We saw the movie Air, which is about Michael Jordan and in the early '80s, and and him signing this big revolutionary deal with Nike that had never been done before. And obviously, it paid off for all parties. Sure, yeah. Uh, he was pretty good at basketball, and he's all right. Nike's done pretty well. So, uh, and uh, he still, I think, makes two hundred and fifty million dollars a year just off of his 5% of his Jordan brand stuff, but, but wow. it talks about the marketing and just about that dream. And, and, but it was really a sense of that, like they believed in him and, um, and it's that belief in something, you know, it's, it's a uh, pretty amazing. Um, and you also, um, along, you know, radio and basketball and tennis and all that kind of stuff. You, um, you, uh, love writing, which is you know right up the alley of what we do for a living, you know, radio and TV at the heart of his words. And uh, whether it be lyrics or words off a teleprompter or things we say or reading Bible verses and um, but you know you you like to write I mean I don't know if you've written like songs and poems sure. is that like a lot of what you do even to today
0: mm-hmm. sure yeah um, there's something about bringing something from conception in your mind to something on paper and uh, I started that pretty early actually in life and uh, I love writing songs I'm more I'm a lyricist really I love the guitar but there's always somebody who can play it better <laughs> it's in the room, <laughs> and so you know uh, I'll give a shout out to Garrett Lee. We've uh, done a lot of co-writing f- through the years. Yeah,
1: he was actually on the podcast about a year ago okay. and played some of his music. I know yeah. he's kind of uh, gone down the kind of videography, photography mm-hmm. route, but he's extremely talented.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and it's you know, he worked for the truth for a little while, and so if the if the mood hit us, we'd be off and writing a song. So. I think, I'm think i hoping anyway that uh, three of the songs on this new one will be co-writes. Um, but I also do, you know, I write poetry and it just comes out. I, when I was in college, I had this great professor who mentored me and she taught me about rewriting. And at that time it seemed really important because I felt like I was going to be teaching English on the college level, but uh, that, that didn't really manifest. <laughs> But uh, these days it's more about getting it out. And I, I brought, actually, I brought one with me about running. Okay. So I brought it for you, and I've never shared it. So, um, yeah,
1: share it. Yeah. i have yeah. to dig
0: it out. So you, you <laughs> keep. Um, But yeah, it's,
1: I mean, like you said, the writing and and maybe people didn't know that like Brian Hyde is so sensitive, you know, uh, writing poetry and, you know, and, uh, and putting your heart out there. And so do you, do you run? Are you a runner or?
0: I tried. uh, Well, when I was younger, I liked to run distances. I was never a sprinter, but um, I had about six to seven years ago, I had neck surgery. Um, It was a condition with the, I still have some fused vertebrae. And the same condition that needs tending to. So I walk. Um, my wife and I like to ride bikes too, but the uh, the you know repetitive yeah
1: the um, uh, the the force the pounding and, yeah
0: yeah doesn't really work well with um, you know vertebral or disc issues. <laughs> no, it,
1: it does not. Yeah, like my wife, she doesn't run. She typically walks. Because she has plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. and some discs in her back, some issues, so it's it's, it's, that, it's that pounding, yeah,
0: yeah. So like when you, I mean, you really run. <laughs> I don't know if people know this on the podcast; they probably do because you probably have some of your running buddies who yeah. listen in. But um, this is this is inspired by um, probably a mutual friend, Andy Blanchard. Okay, yeah. Um, Andy is into fitness and teaches the classes and stuff like that, and I was saying something to her one time about exercise and she said well you just need to start with intervals and i'm like well okay explain what intervals are and and all that she was telling me and uh, so i i get out there on a hot summer day so this is this is inspired by that are you sure you're ready yeah let's do it let's do it all right and i'm making no claim to that these are good okay they're just mine
1: yeah <laughs> that's right so if somebody wants it to, to publish it they have to come to Brian Height.
0: yeah know? well I'd appreciate it <laughs> I would appreciate it, but I doubt they would steal it without <laughs> giving credit like if you don't like this it Brian wrote it all right so I'm not even the greatest reader of it but I'll try okay this is called intervals this is for Jason mm. I was jogged by a run in July Georgia swelter each breath a rain cloud in my lungs. The crunch of crush and run cheers me on like the squeak of Pensacola sand when I first outran my dad in the summer twilight, years before my prodigal run. One hundred yards in, at my first interval, a high school girl in a loping shuffle dusts me with clay and perfume. Off and on, minute by minute, I crawl, then trot, past the high school marching band chalking faux yard markers to perfect their routine. Slowly, by the muscled, tattooed man moving through poses in the pine shadows, hoofing and huffing to keep pace with the watch that meets and beats out each day. Then, one final push, the kick towards the truck, water waiting, and with my heartbeat still rattling my teeth, I turn the key to release the cool air. Outside my window, an ancient gentleman bows at the waist before his evening run, And a woman, widowed in my youth, makes her ten-thousandth solo pass around the park. I do my best not to strain anything as I let off the emergency brake. A still small voice confirms what my soul might have suspected. We all are moving in intervals. Here one minute, then gone.
1: Very nice. All right. I love it. I love it. I like the, 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 you can see the the imagery, the Pensacola sand, I, I, my grandparents, I spent a lot of time in Pensacola down there and, and the huffing and puffing, I, that's, there's, you know, and cause it's, it's running's definitely a metaphor for life because sometimes you, you know, go slower, sometimes you go faster and there's. There's times to do that. There's you know it's important to try to go fast sometimes, or to go slow and to take your time, and and uh, and sometimes you know going shorter or going longer, and that's a lot of times in life how it is. And running is very, I call it very visceral because it's just like. You know anybody can you know do it or try it. You just need a decent pair of shoes and then you can go I mean park or in your neighborhood or whatever else and so uh, so that's very nicely done that's oh, well, great. Thanks. It's, uh,
0: <laughs> I thought it was appropriate to your podcast yeah. <laughs> which I have to say run the race as if to win the prize is uh, one of my favorite uh, scriptures because it's something you can share with young people because it's not run the race because you should win the prize right it's, it's train like you want to win, mm-hmm. and you'll never regret anything. If you prepare, you won't regret it. We have trained and we've lost, but we'll never have to question had we if we had won, had we not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, had we trained harder, that's what I was trying to finish. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a great verse, and, yeah. and a great just really perspective on how to live life for a young person, and it doesn't even have to be running it doesn't have to be a race it could be the way you do your homework it could be the way you treat people you know it's, yeah. it's such a great verse
1: yeah and speaking of verses your your life verse one of them is proverbs 3 3 through 4 and i'm going to read that um it says this is the uh new living translation version um mm-hmm. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. In fact, my favorite verse is right after that, the the classic, "'Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take.'" And, um, so it's, I mean, those are just great verses about, and it's, just so interesting, the imagery there about tying loyalty and, and kindness around your neck as a reminder. And sometimes we get those reminders, maybe not a neon sign, but people will remind us and, uh, like, you know, or like kind of our checks and balances for us, you know? So. Well,
0: and truly it's like jewelry, let love and faithfulness, you know, be around you. Let them be an outward sign of who you are. You know, we, we put on jewelry to try to impress others and get people to notice us. But nothing, to me anyway, is more noticeable than those things, yeah. Yeah. you know? And then the, the flip side of that, write them on the tablet deep within your heart. Um, so wear them outwardly and inwardly. If they're in both places, then you have a chance to win favor, not just with God, but with man. And I really used to struggle, Jason, especially in the corporate world, because I knew I was supposed to be pleasing God, and yet the um, the people who were measuring you were man.
1: Yeah, your bosses.
0: Exactly, exactly, and so uh, that verse really helped me in a time, and i, I also give a shout out to uh, Mr. Blanchard, Jimmy Blanchard, who uh, as I was able to talk through some things with him, he reminded me of, uh, Finding that balance. As a matter of fact, I remember being in his office one time and I, I felt completely overwhelmed because I was a really young guy, you know, meeting, uh, doing some video work in the CEO's office, right? And he said, uh, he asked me about my family. He said, you're in your white bread days. And like, okay, I've heard of the salad days, but <laughs> what are the white bread days? He said, well, you go home every day and you make a white bread sandwich because that's all you can afford. He said, "But there'll come a day when you miss those white bread days, and so it really taught me about savoring where I was, the journey. You know, there's a lot of wisdom in these uh, these streets and homes around us. You know, you're not from here, but you've been here a long time. Same thing with me. It is a place full of generous and philanthropic and wise people, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just love being able to." Kind of brush up against them here and there, yeah. and how awesome it is when they find that their wisdom comes from God as well. So Yeah,
1: that's that's well said. I mean, like enjoy the beauty around you, and it's not just the scenery; it's the people, it's the community. It's it's you know, and, and we see so much division in our world today. But like, let us not focus on that. Let us focus on the 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 put togetherness or potential togetherness. And uh, so, uh, and I, I close the podcast each episode generally with prayer. So I'd love for you, uh, Brian, to to close us out in prayer. That'd be great.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll pray off of what you just said because yeah. I do. I, division gets all the attention, but there's a lot of good yeah. going on. So absolutely. So Lord, we just thank you for this time together. I thank you for my brother Jason and his work, and just ask that you bless it. And Father, this is this is good work that he's doing and the, the darkness will not overcome someone who is honoring you with his life. And so bless him, bless his family. And Father, we, uh, we share this love for our community and we just ask for your hand on it. For the Chattahoochee Valley and literally everyone here, Lord, that you would touch each and every family. Let them know your grace. That grace, uh, uh, the the thing that changed our lives, let it change other lives as well. And if we're to have a part in that, Lord, please show us how. Give us the right words. Give us the right actions. Keep us from speaking if that's what it takes. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for swinging by. I know you're a busy man working like 10, 12-hour days. And so if you want to hear more of Brian's voice like you've heard for the last hour um, or maybe some more of his poetry and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and scriptures of the day, you can obviously uh, listen anytime to 107.7 uh, The Truth. And they are also on... Um, uh, it's the the truth dot what's the the truth
0: dot com the truth
1: dot com and yeah. there's two
0: other ways you can download our free app from the google play store the apple app store and you can even tell your smart speaker to play 107.7 the truth
1: there you go my yeah.
0: daughter does that from philadelphia so i'll give a shout out to yeah abby lee up there
1: it's like uh the what's the what's the famous line from A Few Good Men, you know, you want the truth? You can't handle the That's truth. Right. This is truth
0: you can handle. <laughs> this is truth
1: you can handle. And That's they're going right. to have that Night of Worship, 15th anniversary, yes. May 5th, 6:30 p.m., Christ Community Church, Milgen Road in Columbus, so check it out. They're going to celebrate you, the listeners, and so uh Brian, thank you so much for uh swinging by and we'll uh, we'll keep running the race.
0: Yeah, man. It's been great to be with you and just uh, from last Friday night through now, I just I appreciate all you're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you.